Feast of the Circumcision of Jesus The Epistle of Mass is from Titus 2 For the grace of God, our Savior, has appeared to all men, instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live soberly and justly and godly in this world, looking for the blessed hope and coming of the glory of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the grace of God appears to us. It appears to us in the sacraments and through prayer. Sanctifying grace and sacramental grace through the sacraments and actual grace through prayer. And this grace, it says, instructs us that we have to deny ungodliness, deny worldly desires, live soberly, live justly and godly in the world, while at the same time looking for our particular judgment, the coming of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace is available through the sacraments and through prayer. We have to use it. It's not automatic. God demands our cooperation with the grace. On our own, we can't live soberly. We can't live justly. We can't live godly. But through grace we can, if we cooperate. And it continues, Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all inequity, and might cleanse to himself a people acceptable, a pursuer of good works. It says Jesus gave himself for us. That's what he does at the Mass. He gives himself for us. He comes present on the altar and we offer to him to God the Father in adoration, thanksgiving, reparation, and petition. The great sacrifice, the sacrifice of the new law. We're going to be there today at the sacrifice of the new law. It's going to redeem us from all inequity and cleanse us, make us pursuers of good works. But we have to cooperate with him. And he finishes off, he says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So when you speak of spiritual matters, you must speak, exhort, and rebuke with authority. As long as you're talking the deposit of faith, you have all the authority. Don't be arrogant about it, but speak the deposit of faith with authority. It says, let no man despise you. So speak the deposit of faith with confidence. You have the authority to do so. Gospel today is very short. One verse from Luke 2. And after eight days were accomplished that the child Jesus should be circumcised, his name was called Jesus, which was called by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Just imagine Mary and Joseph taking Jesus the temple for his circumcision and the priest looking at Joseph and saying what is his name and Joseph the terror of demons the vicar of the Holy Spirit says his name is Jesus when Saint Joseph says that word Jesus every demon in hell trembles that holy name of Jesus has power it's a great prayer especially when it's pronounced like a by a great saint like Joseph and Mary so always seek the intercession of 
of Mary and Joseph. A little Baltimore Catechism today on sin and its kinds. Is original sin the only kind of sin? Original sin is not the only kind of sin. There's another kind of sin we commit ourselves. It's called actual sin. What is actual sin? Actual sin is any willful thought, word, deed, or omission contrary to the law of God. How many kinds of actual sin are there? Two. There's mortal sins and venial sins. What is mortal sin? Mortal sin is a grievous offense against the law of God. A big sin takes away sanctifying grace. Why is this sin called mortal? The sin is called mortal because it deprives us of spiritual life, which is sanctifying grace. And it brings everlasting death and damnation on the soul. The only way to get rid of a mortal sin is confession. How many things are necessary to make a sin mortal? This is important. Three things are necessary. One, grievous matter. Two, sufficient reflection. Three, full consent of the will. You can paraphrase that. Three things necessary. It's got to be a sin. It's got to be a big sin. You have to know that it's a big sin, and you have to do this big sin on purpose. What is venial sin? Venial sin is a slight offense against the law of God in matters of less importance. Or, in matters of great importance, it is an offense committed without sufficient reflection or full consent of the will. In other words, if you didn't know it was a mortal sin, or if you didn't do it on purpose. For example, if you missed Mass on Sunday because there was a big snow blizzard and you couldn't get there, wouldn't have full consent of the will. You wouldn't, didn't do it on purpose. So even though you had grievous matter, missing Mass on Sunday, and you knew it was a mortal sin, you didn't do it on purpose because it was a blizzard. All those three things have to be necessary for sin to be mortal. It says, what are the effects of venial sin? The effects of venial sin are the lessening of the love of God in our heart the making of us less worthy of his help, and the weakening of the power to resist mortal sin. It's important, first of all, to avoid and battle mortal sin. But then through the grace of God, you can conquer that, and then you've got to get starting on those venial sins. Start bringing those to confession. Final question is the capital sins. What are the chief sources of sins? They're called the capital sins. They are pride, covetousness, lust, Anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. It's good to know the opposite virtues of these, okay? What's the opposite of pride? How do you fight pride? With humility. Opposite of covetousness is generosity. The opposite of lust is a virtue of chastity. Opposite of anger is meekness. Opposite of gluttony. Temperance. Opposite of envy is brotherly love. The opposite of sloth is diligence. And the Latin word for the day is sed libera nos e malo, but deliver us from evil. We're asking God to protect us 
from evil spirits. If you're looking for a good deliverance prayer, the best one is the Our Father. That last petition, deliver us from evil.